if Vegas actually had a signature food, it'd be frozen treats. Because between ice cream, sorbets, sherbets, custard, water ice, gelatis, and more, Vegas has a signature place serving it up. But where does all this ice cream come from? What makes these flavors so good? And what are the latest and greatest ice cream trends coming to our city? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I'm talking to food historian Sarah Lohman, who is writing a book on ice cream. She's going to tell us all of Vegas's ice cream secrets. It's Thursday, June 15th. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Sarah Lohman, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for being on the show. Vogue, I am thrilled because we were talking about possibly my favorite food today. So I'm here for it. Ice cream. You scream ice cream. We all scream for ice Ice cream. cream. (laughs) Well, I had no idea that the Las Vegas Valley has such a strong history and like status in the ice cream game. But you've been doing a bunch of research and we have Anderson Dairy here in the Valley. Like, Where does their dairy even come from? (laughs) So locally, even the big companies like Anderson, but also several of the little ice cream makers, they're buying Nevada state milk. Now, a lot of it currently is coming from upstate. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to Anderson, their dairy was founded in 1907, if you can believe it. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just a couple years after Las Vegas became a city. They probably weren't even the first one, honestly. You know, ranching was really big here early on. But they started in 1907. Kind of by Frankie's Tiki, like that's mm-hmm. where the dairy was out out in the countryside. Oh my gosh, right? I love that. And you know, I don't know exactly when they started producing ice cream, but early on, the owner, Mr. Anderson, he would make two deliveries a day. He wasn't using ice or refrigeration, and of course, there was also not pasteurization. So oh. he was just milking mm. those cows. Putting it in containers, he would wrap it with wet burlap to keep it cold and then make deliveries right away twice twice a day. So already in 1907, we had one of the like major components of ice cream, which is dairy. And for Anderson, they probably started producing ice cream commercially sometime after the 1930s when the business passed into new family hands. So do you think it makes sense to have a dairy farm in the middle of the desert? I mean, but the thing is, yes. Okay. Everyone refers to Las Vegas as the middle of the desert. But like, yes. Why was Las Vegas founded? Right. What are we doing here? Well, no, there's but we're, we're here because Las Vegas historically has a lot of water. Right. I mean, think of Springs Preserves. Think of Spring Mountain Ranch. Right. So I was curious when did ice cream come here, right? Yeah. So like we have the, you know, the ice, we have the dairy, you know, ice because of the railroad. Dairy was here from before that. Sugar comes through on the railroad too. Mm. So I really did some searching in the archives. Do you want to make a guess? Do you want to guess what year I found the earliest reference to ice cream in Las Vegas? 1942. 1942. Are you ready? Strap in. 1905. Holy crap. Right. Early, early, early. So the photo is is so cool. It's a photo from the state archives. And mm. it is a photo of the first state bank of Nevada, which was actually the second bank 
of Nevada, but whatever. <laughs> and it was like it was a bank basically at that that railroad station that is now like where Fremont Street is. Yes. And it was not just a bank, but because there weren't many businesses downtown at that point, it was also a restaurant. The mm-hmm. photo of the facade shows a menu of the hot lunches they serve. And then there is a big sign advertising that they have soda water, lemonade and ice cream. And that photo dates to 1905. Yeah. And see, back then, I know, like, ice cream was more of a luxury versus, like, you know, drive through through the McDonald's and you get your little cone or whatever. And it's quick and simple, depending on what time you go. Back then, it was fancy schmancy. So how did it go from this fancy thing, this special treat that was expensive to something that's now quick and affordable? You know, this might surprise you too, but that actually happened in the middle of the 19th century, not the middle of the 20th century. So it's part of the reason we could see ice cream in Las Vegas in 1905, even though it's like hot as hell, (laughs) clearly, but that's why people wanted the ice cream, right? So this happens in the middle of the 19th century. And we have to talk about those three ingredients again. We've got our dairy, our ice, and our sugar, right? Dairy Mm -hmm. was really abundant in America. This transition to like an everyday food really happens here in this country. Before the 1840s, this is something like presidents ate, but not really the average person. But there's a lot of dairy here. The ice industry really kicks off in New England. So there are a couple entrepreneurs that are cutting ice off the lakes and then selling it, building a network of ice houses, so much so that one year in New York City, they had ice stored that lasted until the following October. So these primitive houses had really good insulation, drove the price of ice down, made it accessible and affordable. And then sugar also came down in price as well. That mm-hmm. speaks to the legacy of enslavement in America and the Caribbean. Right. I was like, sugar doesn't have a good story. Doesn't just yeah happen magically. And still, it's a really, really brutal industry. But we have, as humans, this drive for sweet stuff. And so, especially in the 19th century, people would ignore, I mean, we do these kinds of things today, where their food is coming from and how it's actually produced so they could enjoy it. But Factually, the price also comes down too. And then also the production of ice cream got easier. A woman named Nancy Johnson in Philadelphia invented the crank ice cream maker, which is a mechanical version of basically an electrified home ice cream maker today. Um, Mm -hmm. It used uh, salt and ice. Yes, we had one of those as a kid. Yeah, yeah. my grandma was a crafty lady. So yes, the salt, the ice. ice. Crank it. Literally the same design since 1843. And as you know, still works. So before that, ice cream was like churned by hand, like in this thing called a sorbetier. You had to turn it with a spaddle. Basically, the only people who ate it could afford, one, the ingredients, but also the labor, whether these were paid servants or owned human beings, you know? So that's why Jefferson is out there eating ice cream, because he literally owns humans that will make it for him. And he's Mm. showing that off through that dessert. All these things happen in the 1840s. Prices come down, technology changes, and suddenly ice cream is everywhere. You can make it at home. You can buy it on the street. You can go to an ice cream parlor. So that's why by 1905, as soon as the ingredients show up, boom, we have ice cream at the bank. (laughs) Yes. And then not only ice cream, but when I think about Vegas, I think about all 5011 of these custard places. Yeah. There are so many delicious, yeah. decadent custard I places. But one of them is pretty famous. So let's, can we talk about Love It? Yeah, I actually just said, oh, I love it, which I guess I know. speaks to the name. 
And I do. I love Love It Custard. Okay, so Love It, I think, is a really sweet story. They, according to the family, they're the ones that brought custard ice cream to Las Vegas. And I do believe that. So this woman named Dorothy Woods, she moved to Las Vegas from Milwaukee in 1973. She decided that she wanted to retire here, but she still wanted a business to bring in a little bit of money. So she had been working at this place called Leon's. And if there are any Milwaukee transplants listening, you know this place. It still exists. It's like a classic East Coast slash Midwest custard ice cream place. Okay, hmm. so when I say custard, do you know what that means? How that how that's different from other ice I creams? Was, I was just going to say, let's give people the difference between like a f- frozen custard and ice cream. So a frozen custard always has a cooked egg base. The way I describe it is like think creme brulee. You know, you're mm-hmm. making this like th- rich, like eggy pudding, but instead of baking it, you're freezing it. And Love It uses basically a soft serve machine and serves this ice cream for the most part fresh. So it's kind of soft, a little more akin to like a soft serve than to a hard pack. But they're mm. also putting it into pints and letting it cure, as they say in the industry, to become a firmer ice cream as well. Yes. So the eggs added to custard is what gives it that really smooth, rich mouthfeel that I love about frozen mm-hmm. custard. So Dorothy, she brought that to Las Vegas. And that is when Love It opened in 1973. Did you know it's now fourth generation family owned? Oh my God. Adorable. Yay. It's actually co-owned by mother Sharon and son Brandon Tiedemann. Brandon's been working in the store since he was 14. Now right. he's like 20, 23. And the two of them run the store, the behind the scenes in the front of the house. They come up with new flavors together. Oh, and recently, so they went back to Milwaukee and they had Blue Moon ice cream, which is like a regional favorite from the Midwest. And the ice cream itself is bright blue. It's just food coloring. And then it has an almond flavor. And this is like a regional flavor specific to Milwaukee. But since Levitt has this Milwaukee legacy, you can get it there. And it's one of their most popular flavors. Huh. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm down to try. Me too. I love almond. I'm accustomed to blue meaning cotton candy, but I... Or raspberry. I mean, that's a whole history I'd like to dig into as well, right? Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. So what's trending now in Vegas ice cream and like frozen goodness culture? 
Oh my gosh. So I think the, the big trends that we're seeing in the new parlors, not just in Vegas, but I would say across the country, is mm. we're going for Southeast Asian flavors. Now, yeah. this comes from a number of different factors. One, ice cream is super popular in Southeast Asia, and it's been infused with the traditional sweet ingredients of that area. I'll name an ingredient. You tell me if you've had it, whether on ice cream or not, okay? Yes. So uh, matcha. Yes. Okay. A traditional Japanese ingredient, but like green tea is also a bigger part of Asian Southeast Asian culture. Mm -hmm. Black sesame. Yes. Yeah. How about ube? I was going to say ube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The nice purple one. And then one of the, the newer ones that is coming a hit is pandan. Do you know that oh, one? I ha- that's one I haven't had. Greenish has this really like gentle, grassy isn't quite right. It, it's a little hard to put your finger on, I think, but I encourage you to try it. So let's talk about Secret Creamery because, yeah, they've done pandan coconut. They have done they have an ube brownie one right now. It's Ooh. like deep purple and the chocolate brownie sort of like boosts the color from lavender. And it's like the ube makes it taste chocolate. It's so good. They've also done a dragon fruit mango one in the past, too. Yes, Some, it sounds good, right? Yes. And I know. So Secret Creamery, that's on. Desert Inn and Las Vegas Boulevard, so people can go and get that in. It's right outside the Fashion Show Mall. Listeners still might remember them as a pandemic business. So this is really their first storefront, other than the shipping container in a random parking lot, like behind Las Vegas Boulevard, which had its own charm. And I think that that was one of the secrets. But I did find out the other secret. Oh. Oh, you're ready. Do tell. Okay. So I asked the owner, Brian, what makes ice cream unique in the Las Vegas Valley? And he said that the ingredients, the balance of ingredients that go into ice cream have to be customized to the region you're making ice cream in. So Ah. the example he gives me is that ice cream in the valley tends to be lower fat. Now, that's not like us wanting to be slim and beautiful or whatever because fat is filling (laughs) and delicious. It's just that it's so hot here that having a fattier ice cream feels really heavy and having Mm. something that leans a little on a lower fat side can feel a little bit lighter and a little more refreshing. Fatty ice creams are for the north. They're for cooler climes, not for Las Vegas. So the Mm. ice cream here is made a little differently because of the extreme temperatures. Yes. Make it for us. Make it for that us. is so cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's Secret Creamery. So now we know some secrets. Yeah. What about Scoop? And I know Scoop is over there on like Warm Springs and Jones. Yeah. What's special about Scoop? Scoop, again, also focuses on a lot of Southeast Asian flavors and dishes, too. They're not just serving sort of like the Hokkaido milk tea flavor, but they're also serving bubble tea. Scoop LV also serves Halo Halo, which is the incredible dessert from the Philippines that layers ice cream with flavored ice and Mm -hmm. there'll be like a little custard or a little jelly and some sweet beans and it's just this like cold and like textural and sweet and flavorful multi-layered melange of good things. I highly recommend it. You better describe some stuff. (laughs) Yes. You know, what I find interesting about Las Vegas ice creams, other than Secret Creamery, which is on the Strip, the rest of Mm -hmm. them are not. They're not in tourist neighborhoods. And, you know, great for Secret Creamery, tourists deserve ice cream, too. But, like, the ice cream places are a little bit, like, further out in the city and out in the burbs. And I kind of like that. It's just, like, this is for us. These are our local ice cream joints. This is for them. This is serving our communities. I don't know. It just appeals to me. Yes. Well, I mean, I think 
there are so few things here that are for those of us who live here. And I felt like the ice cream places are definitely that. And it's how I learned the city because we went all over town. Yeah. So I was like, oh, ice cream, we're going to go over there. Oh, look at that place. Can we stop here? Babe, I want to go to this one. And he just acquiesced. Yeah. Bless his heart. Wait, so, so you've done a lot of ice cream tours around, self, self-motivated tours. Tour Do you have a favorite place and a favorite flavor or flavors? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... I haven't been here yet, but I'm just going to claim it <laughs> because I've been watching their uh, their like videos on the internets. And so I'm like, I need to try it. We had Las Vegas Phil on our show mm. not too long ago, and he recommended Creamberry. Mm. And that's on Windmill and Rainbow. They have this ice cream cotton candy burrito thing. Oh, my and gosh. It just, yes, it I've seen the video. so beautifully. And it's, it's a <laughs> and secret. They, it's proprietary. It open. And, and they show you, like, look how beautifully this all rolls into it. I just want to take my nieces so they can scream yeah. and go nuts over the entire concept of this place. Because it has to be such a secret about what they're doing because how does that cotton candy not melt when it touches the ice cream? What is happening? Know. What magic is that? And I'm going to give one more shout out <laughs> because yes. I feel like I would be wrong not to. So there's a place called Philly Freeze Me. And so it's literally mm-hmm. a brother who came here from Philadelphia. They have, like, sour apple pineapple mm. and then they have a bunch of boozy ones in early pandemic they would deliver it if you ordered oh enough God. they would deliver you your alcoholic slushy to your house and that's really all it takes for me for the most part is delivery ice cream oh my god uh, yes. i will pay but, a premium you know i love that it's like from philadelphia though philadelphia is such a home of, of american ice cream like that's where nancy johnson was when she invented the ice cream maker but also in the post-civil war era a lot of these formerly enslaved black men and women grew up in kitchens they were making the finest food for the richest people and so huh. they went to philly to strike out on their own and there was this huge wealthy class of black Americans who made fortunes as caterers and ice creams was one of the specialties. So a lot of the innovations, the ice cream scoop, a really decadent eggless ice cream, these were things that were created by black men and women in Philadelphia and then they catered all up and down the East Coast. Girl, shut up. I had no idea. Yeah, I feel like we should also mention Lappert's, like the Hawaiian ice cream in the California. One of the things that I'm sort of obsessed about in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. is how every hotel has like a secret audience. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like every hotel is intended for some group of people, but unless you're in the know, you don't know that. And the California is a little one of the more obvious ones, but someone who lived outside of Las Vegas and wasn't Hawaiian wouldn't know that that was the Hawaiian hotel and casino, which it is. And it's got the Hawaiian ice cream. I want to know, why do you love ice cream so much? It's such a hard question to answer, right? When I, like, it's something I crave dessert-wise, I think, more than anything else. You know, I love it because I can make it myself, but I would rather not. It's, you know, it's complicated. It can be fun, but I also like going to the shop and having all of that choice. I like the variety in it. I love that it is such, like, a a neutral base to experience flavor and the way the fats and the proteins work, like really lift these pure flavors, everything from like vanilla to chocolate to ube, right? Mm -hmm. And then it can be such this like textural moment where it's creamy or has like crunchy ice or like crispy toppings or like, you know, when you have cookies and cream and the Oreos have kind of soaked up the ice cream. And so they're like kind of firm, but kind of frozen. the right kind of soft, but not too hard either it's both yeah <laughs> i can't describe it's it just a but it's great and i would guess for a lot of people too and for me it's nostalgic like ice cream was like the treat 
when we were kids since like the 1850s, right? And it's just like, we have such great ice cream, not only in America, but right here in Las Vegas. Like I can't help but to love it. Mm-hmm. So as we as we wrap, I want to give the folks something to look forward to. And I know you you're holding on to some good breaking ice cream news. Okay. So can you tell us what you know? Yeah. And you're going to help me with this, too, because the big news right now is that Salt and Straw is opening this month in Las Vegas. Now, they are based out of Portland, Oregon, and they're one of these sort of new wave ice cream places that do really unique flavors. And they have ones that they have every month. Every month they have a different theme. Mm-hmm. This month's theme is sort of using food waste, which I sounds less appealing than it truly is. Nah, I- because you can get good flavor out of what is left. Like when we think about lemon zest. Okay. So that's oh, where the goods are. So here are a few of the flavors that will be in the store when it opens this month. There is a bread pudding and chocolate ganache, and it uses Portland bread. Ooh. That would have gone to waste for a custard bread pudding. The cacao pulp and chocolate stracciatelle gelato is made using the whole cacao pod. And the salted caramel and okra cupcake flavor incorporates okra flour made from the pulp left over from making soy milk. And I want to give a some props. That is from the recent Eater article, Eater Las Vegas. It just came out about Salt and Straw. When is it scheduled to open? Uh, so uh, Salt and Straw is actually opening tomorrow, the 16th at the Uncommons. Woo! Sarah Lohman, thank you so much for being on CityCast Las Vegas. Uh, my pleasure. I need some ice cream. So I'll see you later. Fun fact we couldn't fit into the episode. Did y'all know that Henderson has the second largest ice cream plant in the country? I had no idea, but now I want to get in there. And now, before you go, a few things you should know. Two big-ass sporting events are coming to the Strip. F1 and the Super Bowl, which means traffic is going to be trash because they're going to do construction. The first round of paving for F1 on Las Vegas Boulevard is done, and the second round will start in late July. Officials announced Tuesday that paving will continue through October. Also, Governor Lombardo signed SB 273 into law this week, which renames Nevada State College to Nevada State University. The name change is effective on July 1st on the Henderson-based institution's 20th anniversary. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Tell us about your favorite ice cream in the Valley. Leave us a voicemail or a text at 702-859-1588. And tag us on your ice cream pics on social media. We're at CityCast Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care.